Hey everyone, this is Carl Ray Rob, where I'm Ray. And I'm Rob. And welcome back to our new podcast, Say Hello to My Little Film. Hey there, it'll be just a little while till Ray and Rob spit their spittle. Come on, check out of the hospital. everybody third time's the charm episode number three we're gonna get better we swear but thank you guys for sticking with us and continuing to listen to say hello to my little film if you have listened to those previous episodes you probably are starting to get the hang of what this podcast is all about and how it works but for new listeners rob could you tell those folks what we got in store for them we are doing fresh takes on retrospective reviews so ray and i will be recommending a movie we love to the other knowing that they have not seen it so that we can get that new review new fresh perspective on that review all right rob so in episode one you were the recommender and i was the viewer in episode two we completely flipped that concept on its head i was the recommender and you were the viewer that means for episode three i have the power <laughs> that you do please don't abuse that power but rob what do you got what do you got? So I've been thinking lately. You know, when I'm That's looking at scary. Yeah, it, it can be. And then I was looking at the calendar and thinking, man, you know, when I'm picking these movies, maybe I should kind of see what you know is going on. You know, on the calendar, I can kind of you know do some synergy. Well, wouldn't you know it? This is February. It is. It is. It's the month of love, according to some. Big leapier movie we have coming in store. I can oh, see it I now. Can. Exactly. That might be an untouched property. You know, <laughs> there, there is a Thirty Rock Leap Day movie that is really funny, and I think oh. there is actually a Leap Day movie. Oh, called Leap Day. So is that what we're watching? No, we are not watching that movie because I'm pretty sure I've not seen sucks. that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that movie sucks. I don't know. I may not. Uh, so I, I got to thinking. Like I said, I wanted to, I wanted to do a, a, a romantic movie. You know, whether you. Uh, believe in the third century saint or if you believe that valentine's day was created by the card companies i've got a movie for you and it is the 1971 how ashby classic harold and maude that's a real movie it is a real movie and it's not about leap day and wh what is it about because i because <laughs> by the rules i've not seen this you've never even heard of Harold. i've and heard of it the name sounds familiar but, um, you know, it also could be mixing with Kramer versus Kramer. I don't, I don't know. I'm hearing, I'm hearing two names. <laughs> well, it's the funny thing about Harold and Maude. So, okay, real quick. It, it is about a young man played by Bud Cork who is absolutely obsessed with death. He keeps faking his own death in a multitude of, multitude of different ways, terrorizing his mother and his family and all of that. Uh, and he ends up uh, kind of running into... Ruth Gordon, who is a woman 60 years his senior. Oh, and yes. she is, you know, high on life, you know, all about the moment. And she just kind of takes him on this whirlwind kind of adventure. Uh, and it is an absolutely spectacular movie. How would you describe this genre? Uh, I mean, it is a romantic comedy. I would a actually paint this uh, uh, on my top 10 romantic comedies of all time. 
Very interesting. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. And 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 it uh, Maud is played by Ruth Gordon, who is an absolute treasure. And unfortunately, we just never got a lot of films from Ruth Gordon. She mm-hmm. was in Rosemary's Baby. Uh, she was actually in an episode of Taxi, which has been my favorite television show, or at least top three favorite television show since I was in elementary school. Wow. Yeah. And uh, she pops up into all your top tens. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. She exactly. She has a, a place in multiple of multitude of my top tens. Okay, um, Rob. Okay, so I know that. The last time, episode one, when you were the recommender, you picked a horror movie, which I'm not a fan of. Sure. Uh, rom-coms I can get behind, definitely. So do you think I'm going to like this movie? I think it would be hard for anybody not to like this movie. Really? I will actually go on a limb on that one. The funny thing is, is the fact that you've never seen this movie, it, 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 it's not surprising to me, but surprising to me all at the same time. This is a movie that I, I never really feel like is obscure. Mm-hmm. But I constantly run into people who have ever never heard of it or never seen it. And, and it really is kind of surprising to me. But it is it is an absolutely delightful movie. Cat Stevens does the soundtrack, which you will hear all throughout. Very and cool. It, just, it, it, it is a wonderful film that really is just full of joy, full of life. And I really can't wait for you to watch it. All right, Rob. Well, you sold me. I am ready to go check out Harold and Maude. Well, I'm super stoked because I am super excited to share it with you. For those in our listening audience who have not seen Harold and Maude, we invite you to pause the podcast, go and watch the movie, and then come back and join our discussion and see if our opinions match up. If you have seen Harold and Maude, well, we invite you to sit tight, and we will be right back. Ray and Rob are currently watching the film. You may be also watching the film. If you're not, then you're listening to me say that Ray and Rob are watching the film. They'll be right back when they're done watching the film. All right, everybody, we are back. Harold and Mad has been watched. And I have to say, I'm a little disappointed in myself that I mentioned the staged suicide attempts in the before section, because as I was thinking about it, that opening scene, mm. going in cold, would have been perfect. Yeah, the opening scene um, really was perfect. Right? You, you just start up watching some feet walk across a room. Yep. Uh, that person then puts on music. You didn't know you quickly learn this is Harold, the yeah. main character, and basically go back to his feet, and then you see the shot of you know the feet dangling because he's he's <laughs> committing suicide, hanging himself. Yeah, and it just and then his mom walks in and she's just like ah, again again yes. So yeah, if not knowing shock value, there is through the roof through the roof exactly, and and if you had not known that it was a fake suicide attempt. Like, I, yeah, I, I could just yeah. imagine that that would have been just mind-blowing. <laughs> yeah. I, for me, because, you know, like I said, I don't want to say that you, you spoiled it because you didn't. Because I was still able to, I think, look at the movie or look at that scene abstractly enough and be like, this is effective. Because I, like, immediately know Harold's headspace and his mom's headspace, you know, and, and that's going to set me you know, set me down the path of, you know, whatever this movie's going to entail from here. But, you know, it was super effective. 
super effective way to kind of just get your audience to know your characters in the first minute and a half of the movie. Yeah, and it's it's funny because the the you know the movie is called Harold and Maude, but I think his relationship with his mom is obviously very central to who he is and to the story as well. Oh yeah, I would definitely say so. You know, I think in a lot of ways his mom, you know, and we'll get we'll get into this more later, I'm sure, but his mom like is the antithesis to Maude in some ways. You know, I ways. you know I think I think it's I think they they contradict each other in important ways, mm-hmm. but um. And the mom is great. Vivian Pickles yes. is her name, and Vivian she is Pickles. great. I, yeah. you know, I, I loved every scene she was in. You know, again, what she was either doing to Harold or what she was ignoring from Harold. The way she does it as an actress is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. The suicide attempts. You know, after that initial one, you know, they kind of go through a few more and you know yeah. different situations, and you know, she really just like she sells it every yeah. time. And not because she buys it, but because right. she does it. Yeah, her reaction is almost different every time. Yeah. My favorite one was when she goes to the bathroom after dinner, and the bathroom is just covered in fake blood, and, yeah. and Harold is in the tub just dead. And she is upset, and she screams, and she's mad that the bathroom is dirty. Right. You know, not, again, not worried at all that Harold might actually be dead. Right. But she is very upset. You have gone too far too far Harold yeah. yeah it the way that uh Hal Ashby was really able to uh use dark comedy to its most effective I thought was just really brilliant you know my favorite uh stage suicide attempt is the pool because mm-hmm. you know Vivian Pickles walks down and she's it's almost like a commercial or something and you know, she's in a robe and she's got her uh swimming cap on and then she like gets to the edge and you know takes it off and you know, strips down to her bathing suit and it just dives into this like really luxurious pool, this wide angle, and she's doing her laps. And as we pull back, mm-hmm. there's Harold <laughs> floating face down in right. the pool, and she's not just moving, not <laughs> moving, and she's just swimming like it's you know rolls her Tuesday. eyes and just keeps going. <laughs> so yeah, I think you know it. It really, I, I that whole opening sequence of suicide attempts really i think did a, a a really great job of setting up harold and the relationship with his mother yeah yeah and, and harold is like you know he he doesn't just do these suicide attempts to like torture his mom or you know or anything like that like he he is obsessed with death yeah and i think you know that is a is a crux of his character and it, you know it, it then kind of sets up this whole relationship with the female right main character mod yeah well, and it's interesting because I think for him, you know, it's this idea of it. It's not so much death as in like I hate my life. I want to be dead, and I want to be dead. Like I think there is, it, for the most part, it is about the that emotional attachment to people that people have to the the recently deceased. Mm-hmm. You know that kind of thing, and uh, so. I, I think that obviously, you know, later in the movie, you know, he talks about that, you know, yeah. as far as his mom is concerned, and the, the initial incident that led to him kind of going down this path of, su- you know, staged suicide attempts. And, you know, it's, I, I think it's interesting because, you know, through even scenes that, you know, he, 
it's it's funny because the the, the suicide attempts you know in the early scenes are very like kind of like uh, elaborate and staged you know like when she walks in and it's already happened or right. like the pool and he's already there but then like in the later attempts that he does like throughout the movie like sometimes he's you know, he's doing it right in front of her right. and she either doesn't see or doesn't want to see right yeah and just doesn't react and so it's funny because i think ultimately you know for s- somebody who wants her attention he ultimately is making it so she doesn't give it to him even more right yeah she's totally oblivious to what he's doing yeah and that is part of her character i think that she doesn't really see him right and that's what he's kind of shining for like you said you know he you know there's been there's lots of movies where people think about like you know stories where people are thinking about like what will people think about me when i'm gone yeah and kind of like you were alluding to and i guess we might as well just say now you know harold kind of had that experience when he was younger because you know whatever event happened at school yeah he, you know, they thought he was dead and they came to his house and mm-hmm. told his mom as much. Yeah. Um, and he saw her reaction right. to that. Yeah. And that was very formative for him growing up and kind of led to, you know, everything we've talked about thus far. Right. And, you know, I think you know, it, it, another level to it is with his mom is it's this idea of kind of projecting themselves onto their kids yeah so like another great scene is the uh dating application mm-hmm. and you know she's trying to hook him up because she it's because yep. she thinks marriage is gonna mature him right or at least you know mature you know in, in her eyes mature him and so she's using a dating app yeah. <laughs> what we'd call a dating app now it's right. probably some type of mail service <laughs> back then Another, right but uh but yeah so uh you know she's filling out a questionnaire for him that's what you're referring to yeah yeah that was brilliant. That was great. That was probably my favorite scene, at least with the mom in the movie. Yeah. Um, because she's, you know, she's filling out the survey to find Harold's wife. His responses, you would think, are pretty important to said survey. Yeah. But he's not, he doesn't give her one response. No. <laughs> nor does she need it. Right. Exactly. It's almost like, she, you know, basically she doesn't even give him the chance really to answer the right. question. And eventually she even flat out says, like, to an answer to the question, like, oh, no, I don't. Or right. I do. Or, like, it was the back I, pain. Like, I, I do. absolutely do. I absolutely do. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, so, again, really that projection of, you know, herself onto Harold. And you know, it's probably something that parents do, you know, maybe even more than a lot of them, you know, maybe, uh, uh, realize that they do, uh, but you know I think it ultimately it really just did a great job of of nailing their relationship. Yeah, and I think so. I you know I think kind of you know maybe maybe we can dip into Maud a little bit because you know we're talking about this uh, what Harold likes about death, you know, right. and how it's you know the the that mourning process or that that emotion that that death evokes. Um, when people, you know, are thinking about the recently deceased, but, you know, and because of this, he likes to go to funerals, right? Not of people he knows, of mm-hmm. strangers, just to be around that environment of, of what we're describing, right? And that's where he meet Maud, meets Maud for the first time, right? And she is not there for those reasons. No, yeah, she goes to strangers' funerals too. Yep, but for a completely different reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Harold goes because he really likes to see that kind of how much people care again kind of about that the recently deceased i think he enjoy like he or enjoys i use that word loosely but right. you know he 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 likes to i guess see the 
the the way that people or I guess you know what I'm going to say it this way. I think he hopes that people care much you know as much about him at his funeral as these people around him care about the person that they're mm-hmm. they're burying, you know, their friend or loved one. Whereas Maud is there more for the celebration, circle yeah. of life, right? Kind of yeah, the celebration too. of life, the the you know the the recognition of a life well lived and and all that stuff is is where she finds enjoyment. Right. And I I will, I will say the opening so as much as I, I think like the, the opening scene is probably one of my favorite opening scenes of a movie ever. But I will say uh her intro scene is character intro scene is probably also one of my favorite character intro scenes. Where she sneezes in the background oh it's that was, it's so good it's like and it's a sea of black except for her it's yeah. framed so so beautifully but yeah like oh but when she comes in you know uh, approaches him in the church the second and, funeral yeah the second funeral correct yeah so i guess that's more they notice each other now yeah. right so like when she uh when, when she approaches him and you know kind of starts up this conversation and and you know they both realize you know they neither one of them like you said no the chain of events after that that ultimately leads to her stealing a car right <laughs> it's just so yeah. perfect and we, and we and as a viewer you do not know she's stealing this car you, you watch her get into the car you watch her start the car you watch her drive away and it, you just think she drove her car but then there's this priest in the background saying i think that woman stole my car and right you're, and you're just like putting it together like she did yeah <laughs> okay but and then you're then you know who she is. Yeah. I mean, you know who she is right there. And you know that she is going to go on a spree of Grand Theft Auto <laughs> through like the rest of this movie because she really does. But uh, And I love how the priest comes back. Yeah. In, in a Challenges her. Like, Because <laughs> now she's in a different car. It's actually yeah. Harold's car. Right. She's stealing now. <laughs> yeah. And she's the priest asks, like, aren't you the woman that stole my car? Yeah. Like, Did you have that St. Michael's yeah. display? Yeah, or St. St. James Michael's or something? Medal. Yeah, St. Michael's medal. Or something like and that. he's like, yes, I did. Like, well, then, yes, I did. Well, am. then, yes, I <laughs> Yes. Well, and then, you know, my, I guess if we're going to talk about Grand Theft, my favorite scene with, with Maude is when she gets pulled over by the cop. And, uh, quite a few scenes later, I guess, in this movie, where she has another stolen car. Mm-hmm. She has a stolen tree in the yep. truck of said car. Stolen shovel. Yeah, stolen <laughs> shovel. Uh, she's asked about all these things and freely admits it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the cop asks her if she was in a hurry. And she said, well, yeah, you know, it was hard to find this truck. <laughs> you know, it's harder to find a truck than you'd think. Um, and just like, you know, it's it's just her, uh, I don't know, brashness, right. honesty. Audacity. Yeah, the, you know, the audacity to not even be sarcastic, to just give tell somebody the truth because... No, she's just living life. She doesn't yeah. have time to be concerned with a lot of <laughs> a lot of these little things, these little details about like ownerly possession, right? Um, <laughs> and just just the whole interaction with that cop was was brilliant and hilarious. Yeah. No. Uh, so, quick side note: I meant to mention uh, both in the bef- you know before we watched the movie to keep an eye out for an actor that you would recognize from later movies, mm-hmm. and uh, I was curious if you did. Notice an actor you I may don't think, young, young man. I don't <laughs> think so. Well, that would be in this scene. It is the cop, and mm. it is Tom Skerritt. 
Really? Yes. <laughs> Did he have a big old bushy mustache? I think, yeah, I think he was a oh. good mustache. His cop, cop mustache in the 70s. Didn't catch yeah, it. Yes. Darn it. Tom Skerritt from Alien fame and yeah. Steel Magnolias. Yeah. That movie is wonderful. Shoot. Nope, I didn't catch that. Uh, that's on me. Uh, the, now the movie has rewatchability. Yeah. I'll have to go check that out. Yeah, but he was great. I mean, he's great oh, in that he was. whole he was scene. Yeah. yeah. I mean, his straight man to hair or to mods, you know, comedic genius is yeah. just really fantastic. Uh, but, you know, I, I have to say, you know, you know, Maud is such a joyous character in so many ways. And it's funny because, you know, in the mid aughts, I, I, there was, you know, this rise of, the manic pixie princess yeah character i always kind of think of that starting with garden state and natalie portman right yeah you know and you know even going through you know into like zoe de chanel and like you know that i think like it was copied a lot after that you know mm-hmm. that kind of that kind of character was copied a lot well you know natalie portman zoe de chanel by all means sit in the back seat take the back seat take a take a walk because the original og manic pixie princess is maud Ruth Gordon. You know what? Strike that. Manic Pixie Queen. Yeah. Manic Pixie Queen is Ruth Gordon. And she is a queen. She's not a princess because she is pushing 80. You know, <laughs> you know all these things we're saying about Maude, we forget to mention, you know, because I don't think anything we've said to describe her in this half of the podcast would make you think of an 80-year-old woman. No, not at all. Especially if you know Harold's in his teens. Yeah. Uh, which is another, like, part of, you know, a lot of the movie is absurd. Like, there's, there's some absurdist to the black, to the dark humor. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, the absurdity with the, the suicide, um, the suicide attempts or the staged suicide attempts. And I think the step, the, the difference of their ages, um, you know, and it's obviously it serves a purpose to the movie. Yeah. Um, it's really important, but you know, one thing that I was going to say is that, you know, movies that I love are when you can, you see the character arc, it's well-earned. And I think to have characters go through something that's well-earned you have to have the, your opposites. And in a lot of ways, Harold and Maude are perfect opposites. We've already kind of said how one loves the funerals because of more death, mm-hmm. where one loves more life. One is old and approaching death. One is young and should be full of life, but they're they're the opposites, right. you know? Um, so, you know, as you watch that gap between them get bridged, it's, it's I don't know, it's really rewarding or fulfilling to watch. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, you know, I... I, I will say this, um, you know, I think there is a certain metaphorical prescience mm-hmm. to to how Ashby and Harold and Maude, because I think he kind of saw the, the world in the future, and I think now we are a world obsessed with our own destruction mm-hmm. and in so many ways. You know, it's, you know, we've been through so much. It, you know, for so long at this point, and I feel like we, you know, kind of doom scrolling, you know, that kind of thing. You know, we, in a lot of ways, we are Harold in that. You right. Know, we are, we are obsessed with death. We are obsessed with our own. Well, and and destruction, because wasn't Harold Harold takes Maud on a date to a uh, to no, a construction site? Construction site. Destruction site. Right. Destruction site. Yes. Exactly. One hundred percent. And and I think the world needs our Maud. Yeah, who, right who I think literally says how, you know, at that scene, at the end of that scene, you know, she sees the beauty in this destruction. Yeah. But she prefers growth. Yeah. You know. Exactly. And that and then that leads to this scene, uh, I guess we could talk about now if you want to, but it's really, uh, I think, impactful scene with the flowers. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think it, it is, that is 
a definitely a great scene where they're sitting in the field of flowers and you know it's kind of to the point in the relationship now where I think Harold really is opening up to Maude mm-hmm. and you know he talks about wanting to like she asks him what kind of flower do you want to be and yeah. he responds well one of these and it's you know it's a sea of you know like dandelions yeah. or whatever yeah daisies like, or daisies, something daisies yeah I think you might be right daisies and uh, and she asks him why right and he's like because I would be just like, you know, everybody else. Yeah, they all look the same. Right. And she's like, oh, well, no, they're yeah. not the same. And, you know, kind of talks about, you know, these, li- these little differences about these flowers that on the surface would look yeah. the same. And you, but I, and I, it, the cool thing with a scene like this is I think as you're watching it at first, you look at these flowers and when Harold says they all look the same, your mind says, yeah, these are all the same. They're just, you know, they all have a yellow center and just how you would draw them with white petals yeah and then as Maud starts to tell you the differences you see the differences you see different flowers there this petal this one has more petals than this one right this one's more crooked this one's you know thicker stemmed you know so like as the, as the characters are describe are describing what they think the flowers are you see that as a viewer I felt yeah well and it's interesting too because you know kind of talking about you know, this scene and or, you know, kind of mentioning before about the you know, world obsessed with its own destruction. Obviously, this movie was kind of born out of the Vietnam War mm-hmm. era. You know, sure. so obviously, you know, very much like now, there's a lot of political and social turmoil. And you know, that scene in particular, the transition from that to so they're, they're sitting on that field of flowers, you know, having this conversation that we had just laid out, and then it it fades to them in a military cemetery, right? And you see this sea of white tombstones. And, you know, in a very, you know, interesting way, looks like that field of flowers. Yeah, it's almost like a blurred version of the flowers. It's like you pan out from the flowers, you know. Right. It's almost like the transition is is the cemetery. Exactly. And I think that's what Maude is kind of saying, or what Ashby is trying to say with Maude's statement about the flowers, is, you know, you look at the sea of soldiers and you think, oh, you know, they're all the same. It's like, no, like that's this, each one of these was a life. Right. Each Precious. one of these was different. different. Exactly. And each one of these had a story of their own. And, you know, I think it was kind of an interesting um, little, you know, Vietnam War protest, you know. And obviously he was, a, you know, a little, you know, more on, I guess, heavy handed, you know, not in a negative way, but, you know, like with the uncle yeah. and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like in his kind of you know, Vietnam War protest, you know, element of this movie. Right. But, I think that was definitely one of the more cinematically lyrical, uh, poetic, if you will. Oh, I moments. definitely think, yeah, I definitely think so. A uh, very strong, uh, impactful scene. Um, you know, you, you mentioned the uncle who was, I think, MacArthur's right hand man, and then of course, yeah. your first scene you see of him, he doesn't even have yeah, a right he hand. Have a right hand. <laughs> uh, you know, casualty of war. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know, one thing I kind of thought interesting, I, I guess, is, is goes to what you were just talking about with the the Vietnam protests, but like. You know, if if Harold was somebody who really wanted to experience death, which mm-hmm. is not, you know, kind of saying he didn't, didn't necessarily want that, you know, going to the army at that time would have been a perfect way to, you know, to get that. But you, can, you know, you, and I think showing Harold not wanting to join the army mm-hmm. is important for that character, you know, not, you know, not wanting to join, you know, team up with his with his uncle. Yeah, because, it, you know, I think it does kind of. Uh, bring into focus that you know you know exactly where he what his mindset really is toward death yeah and i and i think also by that point in the movie you know he was 
under mods wing enough to, to see the absurdity of that mm-hmm. you know what i mean not just his own obsession but the world's obsession so that's why they kind of staged that little At moment end, yeah. yeah with uh uh you know with the uncle where she you know because she's the anti-war protester and harold acts like he's all like gung-ho war right. or whatever and ends up she's a falling down the hole and all yeah. that like just really really great great yeah. scene Again, absurdist yeah. um, in a very strong, <laughs> good way, of yeah. course, too. But, um, yeah, <clears throat> you know, I guess what I, there's some other things I, that I think are, you know, would be uh, cool to touch on with Maude, too, is is how Maude kind of, and I kind of, I think I said earlier, but in some ways, you know, I thought Maude is like the antithesis of his mom, mm-hmm. um, at least in how they view him or how they take Harold. Um, so I wouldn't mind hearing some of your opinions about that, you know, you know, one of the things that pops out of my brain right away is, um, you know, at one point Harold gets a gift from Maud and from his mom. Yeah. He gets a little banjo from Maud, which mm-hmm. he doesn't know how to play. Right. Um, he doesn't, he's never done anything musical in his mm-hmm. life, as he says. And, and, but Maud, ex- the way Maud exposes him to music mm-hmm. and the, the genuality of which he gives him that banjo, it means something to him mm-hmm. where, um, maybe a scene later he gets a jaguar from his mom right much more extravagant beautiful mm-hmm. gift right but he has no interest in it because yeah. it's not him right what's well, that projection thing exactly about going back to that. yeah it definitely going back to the projection angle you know because it was who she wanted harold to be mm-hmm. you know so obviously he ends up you know modifying the car Modifying a Jaguar. Into a hearse. Yeah. Jaguar <laughs> so, hearse. A Jaguar hearse, which, I mean, I'm surprised there aren't more of those on the road because that was a snazzy it, it automobile. It look cool. <laughs> snazzy automobile. I think it looked better after. But, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's interesting, you know, when they were kind of going through all the date sequences, like all the date scenes, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, obviously, they, those all of those were, you know, typically punctuated by a... Uh, a, a staged suicide to you know kind of drive off the the potential suit suitor sutress yeah. you know whatever um, I don't know what the female of suitor is but <laughs> suti I don't know yeah, I don't know either uh, it's funny uh, but anyway so yeah and, and but I almost I think what was more interesting about those scenes was his mom's reactions to them yeah because. Almost every one of them, she kind of looked down her nose at them, you know. Right. And and it's it's funny. So you know, she's going through this whole process where she is, you know, putting him in a dating service and getting him dates and you know going through the trouble of you know getting these these potential women to the house and you know for a date and a meeting and it you know she seems almost almost disappointed in in them you know like for what they do for a living or, you know, like one of them was in college and, you know, studying poli sci, which she didn't know what it was right. and, you know, things like that. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because the mom is spending more time on the dates with right. the females than Harold ever does. She's right. the one asking him questions and stuff. And again, it's, you know, it's right. the mom who's, she's, she's not doing this for Harold. She's yeah. doing it for herself. Yeah. And, and I think it's, and it, I think it was pretty apt that in the end, you know, the final date you see sunshine, mm-hmm. You know, when he commits, you know, full Harry Carey in front of her, she is super into it. Yeah. <laughs> like, she just loved the performance of it. 
And I think that really just killed it for Harold. <laughs> like yeah, he's like, was... oh, this isn't fun anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, at that point he's in love with Vaughn, and right. you know he knows that. And so, um, you know, but I what I kind of thought was funny about that scene is the one girl that's actually relating to Harold when the mom sees it, she's disgusted. Right. So I'm like, this should be the like almost excite you, mom. Like this is something that like maybe can handle Harold. And but that didn't. That wasn't what the mom was really looking for because that's right. not what she liked. <laughs> well, to be fair, it did look like Harold had murdered her when they yeah, walked in. That's true, she but in. you know, she's seen a lot of murder, <laughs> right? She's seen so much murder. One of the other things that I really enjoyed, one uh, one of the earlier dates, I think it was the one. Oh, it was the one where uh, it was the the poli sci. Uh, the date. first date, I think. Yeah, and you know, his mom tells her, "Oh, well, he's got some real eccentric." Mm-hmm. All while he's like setting himself on fire right. outside, but then shows up inside, and then like you know the girl runs out, and man, when he breaks the fourth wall, <laughs> and he looks you in the eye and yeah. smiles, I, that part just it gets me every time I watch the movie. I laugh so hard. I'm just like, oh man, it's great. Yeah, it is great that you know that uh, the whole idea of of meeting these three dates and. Again, you can kind of see that they're just not up his alley, and what he's willing to do to get out of these dates is, you know, pretty telling. It's pretty funny. It's it's great. Yeah, and, and, and I, you know, breaking the fourth wall as a tool of a filmmaker is always interesting. You know, whether you're talking about like a Ferris Bueller's Day Off, where I mean, he practically does it for, yeah, it's a super know, the power. whole movie, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the first you know 15 minutes of the movie is practically all of him, you know, breaking the fourth wall. Uh, but you know, I think in this in that moment, it was so good because I think it just kind of like that wink and a nod, like kind of let you, yeah. like, th- let you in on the secret. Like it's like you know you're part of Harold's club now, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And I like you know, I, it was it was great. It was kind of like that mischievous side of him, but it very, it felt very powerful. Like yeah, it's almost like he's control. starting to have fun with you, right? You know, instead of this just being like everything for for Harold in the first half of the movie seems so painful to yeah. go through. When he goes to therapy, when he talks to his uncle, dealing with his mom, it's everything. It's just so painful for him to deal with. Yeah. But now he's starting to have a little more fun with it. He's, you know, you get to see like parts at, at, at this time in the movie, you get to see some parts where he starts to kind of try dancing or he's right. doing cartwheels. Mm-hmm. And like he's starting to learn how to like enjoy life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's definitely, uh, Obviously, as you would expect, you know, talking about arc and things like this, you know, as the movie mm-hmm. progresses, you do see a confidence about Harold, and you totally know, brought on by Mod, of course. Well, right, yeah. which is the you know, how the manic pixie princess, manic pixie queen right. character yes. is, a, is a, you know works in this world. It's you know they are the ones that bring this you know downtrodden character out of their shell, and yeah. they find their confidence in the world. So I, you know, I, it's uh, not 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 to get, you know, crude or, but you know, once uh, uh, you know, they finally make their relationship physical, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that the scene had like the cut after that when Harold is sitting in Maud's trailer, you know, or her like train? house yeah. train train car yeah. that she lives in, of course, you know, the other. Uh, like he's, it's glorious like he's just sitting there and he is the coolest man 
on the planet. Very he is pleased mi- with himself. He is Miles Davis, yeah. and he is hanging out. And then even in like I think like the next scene after that, like he's got a leather jacket on and like you know yeah. a little bit of cooler pants instead of the the weird like suit and right. stuff. Like yeah, it's it's great. Like at that point, you and you're and you're cheering for him. You're like, yes, yeah. Harold. Yes. You know? <laughs> and I, you know, I, um, maybe to to bring the conversation down a little bit, but it, it's similar at this point in the movie. You know, when they're on one of their dates, that you see this tattoo yes. on Maud, mm-hmm. which um, I wanted to ask you about. Another question I wanted to ask you about because it is, you know, it's a tattoo on on her on her wrist, and it's you know, it's a it's a serial number, so yeah. it's signifying she's you know she's spent some time in some concentration camps. And it's such a quick shot that it's almost a blink and you miss it. Yeah. And I was wondering, I know maybe initially when I saw it, I was wondering if that shot was too quick. I mean, I think, I, I, I'm not going to go, I, I don't know if I would say it would be too quick. I, I think what I would probably say is that Ashby wasn't trying to uh, exploit it mm-hmm. too much. Glorify I, it. Yeah, I think more what it was is like, so you know by that point in the movie because that's actually literally the scene before they have sex okay, i'm pretty sure yeah. like so it's like that's like the night before uh if i'm not mistaken and um it uh you know i think by that point you you know you've pretty much you know seen Maud as a whole package yeah and you've seen how she reacts to the world to the joy and her lust for beauty and lust for for happiness and i think ah, you know i think in that moment you know ashby does want you to you know think oh wow like she you know she sees all of this right she's she's seen all of this evil but she still like sees the world for the beautiful place that it is and can be and sees all the hope in the world Mm -hmm. and you know so but but I I honestly say also let's say you know just for the sake of argument that 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 shot didn't exist mm-hmm. you know he didn't go that route uh, and I you know I don't necessarily think it takes away from her character either no. um, but I think it's kind of like uh, just that extra added layer yeah but to be fair he does allude to it though earlier when she's kind of talking about child uh, time in her childhood when she was younger like in vienna mm-hmm. and oh, i think yeah. there there is like a point there and she kind of breaks down like she almost gets to a point where she almost like says you know basically says that it, you know yeah it was you know she was a victim in the holocaust but kind of stops mm-hmm. and her face says it all yeah she's teary-eyed or right or red-eyed right and harold is the same like he all in that moment i think also kind of has that realization so i really think there's two moments in yeah. the movie that do that who that kind of signify that so you know yes the 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 serial number is a bit of a blink in a and you miss it kind of shot but i do think so but because of that earlier shot or i'm sorry that earlier scene it's enough I, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think together it's enough to kind of to drive what yeah. Ashby's trying to say. Yeah, I think I agree because, you know, we've all seen enough media revolving on World War II where we don't need her to give the long story of what it was like in a concentration camp. Right. You know, we don't, you know, we don't, we all know the horrors that occurred there that our brain can fill in those gaps. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so you're right. Maybe, you know, maybe just that, that quick second, you know, the prequel story 
is enough. I, I probably do tend to agree with you there. So it probably was a good use. But I just know when I saw it originally, I'm like, did I? That was what yeah. I thought it was. You right? almost have to like, yeah, yeah. rewind so, it to see. Yeah. yeah. And then I think Rob building off of you know um, them sealing the deal together. Right. Um, you know, Harold's able to confess his love for her. Mm-hmm. Um, this leads to um, basically Maud's 80th birthday. Right. And there were some hints throughout the movie that um, she did not think living past 80 was worth it. Right. It's like it's just gratuitous at that point mm-hmm. um, to live that long. And I guess she has a plan where she's not going to live past 80. And yeah. and Harold is asking for her hand in marriage, basically. Yeah. And um, that's not going to happen. Yeah. No, I, it's, it's interesting because I do think that when you're dealing with Harold, it's it's funny, you, you know, he spent so much of the movie uh, you're staging these fake suicides. Mm-hmm. And then, like, he gets to a point where he's, like, feels like he's going to reject those from here on out. Like, I don't have to do that anymore. Right. And then he's faced with the woman who made him reject these suicides committing suicide. Right. So it's... It, and he can't accept it. Right. And, it, and it's funny because, you know, it might be seen in, in some ways as like some kind of a contradiction. But to be fair, Maud did say at one point in the movie, consistency is not really a human trait. Right. <laughs> so, but I, I think more of it, kind of going to, to what you were talking about, about her, you know, not, not wanting, not really wanting to live past 80. You know, I think part of that is also, you know, uh, not wanting to be a glutton you know i think she seems like she has she has enjoyed life to the fullest for as long as she feels like she should right and you know and that's you know there's a lot of discussion around that you know what i mean for people in different situations usually revolved around illness she's not an ill person in any way no it seems but you know it was just this was this was what she wanted yeah and you know, again, you know, her character is there to push Harold's character uh, to amplify his growth. And, and kind of like we're saying, for her to be committing suicide and for him to be so against it shows you his growth as a character. Yeah. Because he, you know, he he has found somebody that he wants to live life with. Right. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be taken away from him quickly. So, yeah, uh, there's this really, you know. I think it's kind of funny. Funny is probably not the right word, but you know, as they you know try to get to the hospital, you know, he's try, he starts to drive the car much like she has driven. Yep. <laughs> every car mm-hmm. uh, that we've seen her drive, you know, it's sporadic. It's you know, uh, you know, thank God for power steering. Yeah. You know, uh, as they get to the hospital, but you know, they're it's it's not enough. Yeah. You know, it's not enough to to help. Um, you know, yeah. Maude at that point. Yeah, I think it, that whole that sequence is cut together. Because I, I agree. Like, I think one of the things that I liked most about that kind of interchange between the way he's driving his Jaguar and, like, them in the, the ambulance and then when they get to the hospital is you never – there's no indicate – like, I don't think there's any uh, teasing that she's not going to die. I think it's a very – like, seeing the way that he's driving that Jaguar on the road really does, like, tell you, like, no, this, this is not – She's not going to not right. die. Right, 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 no, right, right, she's not going yeah. to not die, 
Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. She's not going to not die. Right. So, like, it's, yes, it's going to happen. And there's not going to be, like, this fairy tale ending where these, you know, Harold and Maude end up together. Right. And and I, and I think because. I, I, I don't know, know if I wanted that. Right. Because it'd be like, if Maude lived the, her life the way she wants to live it. And if, you know, if Harold makes her stay alive, then you've immediately changed. She wouldn't be happy. Right. You know. Yeah. Not that I agree with with what she did, but right. you know, for that character, that's what was going to happen. Absolutely, and and you know, and she didn't fear death because no. she embraced life right the whole time. Which again is kind of that the whole difference, life, yeah. right? And it's the difference between her and Harold, you know, because like, you know, it, he got to the point when he started embracing life and rejected this idea of death, but he still had a lot more life to live right you know and it's it's funny like uh, i remember i think that's what she says almost he's like but i love you and she said love more right or, love more exactly love more yeah. you know and and it's i, I it's I, there is that kind of wide-eyed reality to mom you know it's i think in some instances you could almost like you know disregard her as a kind of a you know a pie in the sky kook you know, mm-hmm. where she just, you know, oh, everything is rainbows and you right. know, whatever. And and it's, I, I think there is a, a stone-cold realism to Maude that is kind of underlying throughout the entire movie. And it, a lot of that is in, like, kind of a rejection of certain norms and, you know, uh, of life just in general and kind of just taking it on her own to, you know, steal cars and yeah. do, you do that kind of thing again spree of grand theft auto but like i uh you know but ultimately like i do think she has a pretty good grasp on reality and and what like what the what the world is what it can be and her place in it and what it will be like without her yeah yeah um you know the i guess harold's kind of final scene you know he's he's driving like a maniac in this first jaguar that we've mentioned many times and then, you know, it's uh, he's driving on the streets, he's driving in the countryside, and eventually we see this mountain, and the car goes flying off right. said mountain. And, <laughs> you know, my immediate thought was, there's no way Harold is going to be in that car. Yeah. You know, um, and he isn't. Yeah, no. Uh, which, because he can't be, you know, this, I, I, I almost, you know, uh, it's almost like a, you know, it's a uh, specific visual representation, that car going off the cliff. Yeah. Harold sending that car off the cliff is mm-hmm. him sending off like this obsession with death, I think, yep. off the cliff. I completely and agree. he is staying up on the on the mountains with his banjo dancing and, and you know, listening to music. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, you know, you brought it up earlier, the banjo. Yeah. So he destroyed the gift his mom gave him. Right. And is going to, you know, is, is you know, dancing along the cliffside playing his banjo. Right. So I think, yeah, I, I think it was it was a great end to the movie. Um, you know, I, you know, you know what's kind of funny though is, um, you know, now that we've kind of reached the end of you know the, the movie itself. This movie actually was it got very mixed reviews originally. Came, originally, yeah. In fact, a, a Roger Ebert panned it one and a half stars. Really, he gave this movie. Yeah, I mean it's. It's funny. Hold on. I've got the quote. I'd love to hear. Yeah, I've got the quote right here. He said, "Eh, here we go. And so we, and so what we get finally is a movie of attitudes. Harold is death. 
Maud Life, and they manage to make the two seem so similar that life's hardly worth the extra bother. The visual style makes everyone look fresh from the wax museum, and all the movie lacks is a lot of day-old gardenias and lilies and roses in the lobby, filling the place with a cloying sweet smell. Nothing more to report today. Harold doesn't even make pallbearers. I mean, really, that's pretty harsh. <laughs> I know. I, I, I mean, for a one and a half star review, I don't. It's yeah, scathing. It's pretty scathing. But you know, obviously, this movie has garnered an extreme cult following. Yeah. So I would wonder if he ever changed his tune on that, as you know, years later. It is possible. Um, because uh, I don't know. It seems it doesn't seem. Yeah. It doesn't seem like that hits. I mean, and and to be fair, you know, again, it's this is. Objective medium. Sometimes sure, sure. things resonate with people, and sometimes things don't. And you know, it's totally fine. But you know, it just—I just thought it's really funny because I think this movie is genius from yeah. beginning to end. It, yeah, I don't know. You know, uh, I guess would this movie come out fifty years ago? You know, I, I don't know what seeing fake suicides on screen, how that would have hit an audience back then. I, I could see some shock value in it, or them thinking it as pure shock value, and yeah, um, you know, and, and Maybe that underscoring what it what it meant for the character in the kind of the ways we described it. Um, not saying we're right and, and uh, Mr. Ebert's wrong, right. but just uh, don't think I agree with that one. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And you know, I, I think that there's there's a lot of different things about this movie that make it stick with people. You know, I mean, yes, it, it is easy to just relegate this movie to oh, well, this is a person who's obsessed with death and a person who's obsessed with life, and you know, he, mm-hmm. she. You know, they make the de- the person obsessed with death, you know, want to live. Like, yeah, I mean, you can reduce a lot of things to something simple, but like that. But right. I think there's a lot of nuance to this movie that I think yeah. maybe was, was missed on the mark a little bit on that. Um, I would agree. Yeah. I think another thing that really makes this movie a big hit with, you know, with me, but I think maybe just with audiences, is the soundtrack. Cat Stevens. Yeah, Cat Stevens. <laughs> I mean, you mentioned that opening scene, you know, when he walks in and he puts on a record that he ultimately is going to kill himself to, mm-hmm. and it's Cat Stevens. And you're you're thinking, you know, before he even gets to that point, you know, obviously where he hangs himself, you're like, this isn't a movie, this isn't a song, or you would kill yourself to right. you see, see yourself killing yourself to Cat Stevens. But, you know, it's his his soundtrack was perfect. Yeah, it did. Uh, I know I, I went and downloaded a song or two. Oh, I... I, I I own a lot of Cat Stevens on vinyl, so yes, I, I know exactly what you mean. When when Trouble, the song Trouble plays, when when Maud is is in the hospital, man, I, I get teary-eyed every mm-hmm. time. I mean, it is just, it's uncontrollable. So, yeah, this, uh, Harold and Maud is, is a, definitely a favorite for me. So, the question now becomes... Oh, gosh. We have reached the end, I feel like, of this review. Now... It is time for you, Ray, to tell everybody. Do you and did, did you enjoy this movie? Would you recommend it to somebody else? Okay, so I definitely feel like um, you know through our discussion, hopefully, um, you've been able to detect that I did quite enjoy this movie. <laughs> yes. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think it's funny with these kind of movies. Like, this is not a movie I ever saw. Obviously, that's why it's on the podcast. But like, you don't see this on TV. You know, you know, back in the days when we watched TV and found movies through that median, you know, that you never, you wouldn't have ever really found this movie on there. And I don't know if it would have fit, you know, on TV. So, you know, I, um, 
I'm a sucker for character arcs. I've kind of said that probably a couple of times. So I, I loved, you know, going through the ride with Harold and Maude on this. It's very interesting. Um, you know, in regards to to recommending to people, I would gladly, as I'm doing right now in this podcast, tell people that I really liked this movie. Mm-hmm. and had a lot of fun. But I could see some people not liking it. You know, I mean, I guess, you know, you know, Mr. Ebert didn't like it. Right. You know, pace-wise, it's not like, you know... To me, the pacing works, but it's yeah. it's a slower paced movie. It's very seventies, yeah. you know, it, it's of its time. But um, I would definitely tell people to give it a chance, and I hope people after listening to this podcast want to, because um, I definitely think it's worth it. Uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. You know, I had no clue what yeah. I was going to get into. Um, wasn't necessarily stoked to watch this movie. You know, <laughs> it wasn't like you know I wasn't amped up to watch it by any stretch. But I thoroughly enjoyed the experience you did me right um uh, you I did win. me right but I yes win. you get a point on the old <laughs> chalkboard here um so i enjoyed it um i do hope people expose themselves to this movie um it, it is a joy um i don't think it'll be for everybody but i do think a lot of people if you give it a fair shake you're gonna really you're gonna really find something special yeah all right rob so i think that kind of wraps up uh this herald and mod portion of our Harold and Maude episode, but before we go, uh, you know, what'd you do this week? What'd you watch? Uh, I haven't watched a ton, but one thing that I did watch that I have to recommend is The Quiz Lady. It is on Hulu. Uh, Hulu yes. Yeah, it's got Aquafina and Sandra O. Oh. oh my God, that movie. Andrea and I, we sat down to watch that movie and we laughed solid for 90 minutes. oh it is good oh my god it's so good uh, i thought the trailer was promising yeah the there I, I will i will say there was literally a part of the movie where we were laughing so hard we had to rewind it because mm. we were missing stuff and that's we just kind of wanted, that's and we just wanted good. to watch it again yeah, yeah. that's always good <laughs> yeah i mean there's some great great cameos in there um uh buster bluth is in there for all nice. you rest of development fans out there um and uh uh, Will Ferrell is in it. Gotta stop by. Yeah, he's got to stop by. Schwartzman, Jason Schwartzman is in it. So, yeah, uh, it is really great movie. Aquafina is a treasure in pretty much everything she's in. So I was really pumped to watch it because of her. And I do like Sandra O oh quite mm-hmm. a bit. And them playing sisters worked really, really well. They had amazing, amazing chemistry. Oh, very cool. Yeah. And Aquafina was the straight man, which was kind of funny in the duo. Yeah. Uh, so that that worked really well. Um, but yeah, so that's you know we're we we watched that. Um, I recently finished reading uh, a book called Gone to the Wolves by John Ray that I really enjoyed. And this is a real book. It's a real book. I read. Uh, if people, I can read. <laughs> I should public announcement. I can read, and I do quite often. Uh, but I, I just finished reading a book uh, called "Gone to the Wolves" by John Ray, which is really great. I read one other of his books called "The Lost Time Accidents" that I really enjoyed. But the uh, "Gone to the Wolves" was about a trio of kids in like the late '80s uh, here in Florida, actually. Uh, down in the Sarasota area, and that's kind of where a lot of like the birth of like extreme like death metal kind of happened at really? that time. Yeah, yeah, like Florida in general, really. Oh, uh, cool! Was, I did like, not really, know that was really kind of like a, a breeding ground for the, a lot of those bands. But it's kind of that's what kind of these three these three kids kind of bond over, and they're all kind of like outcasts, and you know, 
would expect. And it actually takes over, like some really dark turns. Like they end up out in LA for a while, and they end up like in Northern Europe because that's mm-hmm. like also in like the rise of black metal, which like there's some really really crazy stuff with that, where you know kind of culty type things, vi- you know, extreme violence and stuff like that. So it kind of kind of takes some of those tangents, but it, I, I highly recommend it uh, to anybody who's a, a fan of of metal in general it's some some really good uh references and things like that and just just an overall really great book how about you okay well yeah so you have two things that you recommend yep i uh as you know we're big we're big football guys nfl dudes so you know have to catch up now um that football's over and so i but i kind of have two things i don't know if i'm gonna recommend i started uh episode ones of echo and you know the marvel uh-huh. Spotlight show okay. Echo, okay. and uh, and um, I think you might have already watched this, but uh, Percy Jackson. Oh yeah, so, yeah, I did. Um, so I've only watched episode one yeah. of each. Okay. Um, I liked episode one of Echo, but I feel like I liked it more for the cast. Mm-hmm. You know, me and you are both huge fans of Reservation Dogs, and so yeah. there's a lot of people that were in Reservation Dogs that are in this. I'm like, oh, I like seeing them. Yeah. And then I remember they're, they're not playing the character that I necessarily like. Right. <laughs> um, and then, so, um, so you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue on. That was Echo uh, that I guess I was just referring to with, with the cast from Reservation Dogs. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah. You know, big Marvel guy, praying Marvel's going to kind of turn it around and kind of get themselves going again. So Definitely. we'll see. And then Percy Jackson, um, not a book reader here. Yeah. Um, first episode was okay yeah we'll see i don't want to i don't want to talk you know uh bad about anybody until i you know i finish the series so yeah. we'll see how it goes but um not sure i would tell anybody jump right into these not yet yeah yeah no i i i haven't obviously i have not started echo but i yet but i i have watched percy jackson and yeah i i am a book reader and i have read percy jackson and yeah i i was not a i'm not a fan of the adaptation i think mm. you know i know they did the movie a, a long time ago yeah. and i had not read the book then and i i barely remember the movie but i do think i watched it and it's pretty forgettable and uh <clears throat> so i i you know then they came out with the series i mean i am you know i'm not feeling it's hard you know yeah. book book adaptations are hard they are and it uh, can be done yeah they can oh they definitely can be done <laughs> and done well uh, you know, and it, but it is always easy to say the book is better. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, and even though it is, you know, a lot of times true, most of the time true. Yeah. But, um, you know, yeah. So I, I, I definitely keep going. I'm curious yeah. to see what I'm you gonna think. I'm going to keep going. Yeah, I'm not going to quit, but curious to see what you think. Not uh, sure. I, not sure. I dove, I dove into something I'm going to enjoy, but I'm going to finish it. Yeah. Fair enough. Want to just, oh, you want that to be its own thing? All right, well, that wraps up this podcast, this Valentine's Week podcast. Hopefully you guys had a great week of love out there, and hopefully you loved this podcast. And we love each and every one of you, and we can't thank you enough for taking the time to sit here and listen to us ramble about movies for however long it's been. Long too time. Long, too long, too long. But there is a special shout-out that I would like to give, and that would be to a dear friend of mine, Mr. Jeremy Catarelli who has put his hard work and talent into creating all the music that you have heard since this podcast has launched. Amazing stuff. Thank you, Jeremy. We can't do this without you. We love it. Thank you, Jeremy. And uh, if 
for the listening audience uh, who's not been named yet, if you guys want some things thrown your way, then like the podcast on the whatever podcast uh, distributor you're listening to us on. Like it, comment on it, leave us a five-star review. We'd love to read those out uh, on our next podcast. Definitely. And if there is a comment section on whichever platform you're on, leave a recommendation for Ray and I. We would love to hear it. We are always looking for great movies to enjoy and also, we'd love to grow the community. So definitely see if uh, sure yeah, see if somebody else might see a movie that they haven't seen before, and uh, find a new movie that they love. Uh, we will be back in two weeks. That's the plan. Ray's episode. I'm the recommender. <laughs> so I'm at the mercy of Ray. So you definitely don't want to miss it. But until then, this is Car Ray Rob. Where I'm Ray, and I'm Rob. And remember, be defined by the films you love not the ones you hate.